it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Comedy Alive from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not leak another round of details from the Mar-a-Lago raid to the Washington Post. Check this out. Just a week after the FBI leak claimed Trump might have been selling our nuclear secrets, the narrative's changed, and now they're claiming he could have been selling someone else's. This is exhausting. I have no idea. It's very hard to keep up with, but we're going to get into this with someone who is as informed as they come, former Attorney General Bill Barr, who appears to be back in the off phase of his on-again, off-again bromance with your former president, Donald Trump, is going to be joining us in this hour. Uh, you are on the guest list as well. We'll be taking your calls, tweets, texts, carrier pigeons, the whole shebang shabu. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. You know the deal. I'm a talk show host. I am not an activist. I'm not here to steer our democracy. I'm here to discuss issues facing our country. So whichever way you lean, whatever you believe, I don't care, man. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a that is all. Happy Wednesday. If you watched Gutfeld last night, thank you. Uh, I have posted clips from last night's show on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Uh, the one thing we did not get to during the show was this bombshell leak to the Washington Post. Dun, dun, da. It's crazy. This is nuts. Okay, now we understand something here. Okay, I'm in a tough spot as a guy who really does want to call balls and strikes and have an honest conversation with you. Okay, I don't know. I do not know specifically, okay, what Trump had down at Mar-a-Lago. I don't know if it's stuff he should have. I don't know if it's stuff he shouldn't have. All I know is that the details being given to us are furnished by FBI leaks to the Washington Post. And when it comes to precedent, if you think back to the Mueller probe, we're in a very Mueller moment right now where we're getting one anonymously sourced bombshell leaked after the other. But oftentimes these leaks aren't coming through because they're factual. They're coming through because the person leaking them wants to shape public opinion. He knows what he's talking about. Think of the Mueller probe. Every other day you got a new leak that's, you know, Trump established some back channel connection with an alpha bank. You know, when they were in transition, they were communicating on unbeknownst to government authorities. This was clearly some type of payback. You know, we were told this is no, this is a straight Austin Powers movie. We were being told through anonymous leaks by the FBI that Dr. Evil now controlled our government from the Kremlin and our president was helpless because he had so much dirt on him. You shut your mouth, you bastard. But that really was the claim. And, uh, you know, a good percentage of the media ran with it for about three years. And what we learned over the course of those three years and maybe even the subsequent fourth year of the Trump presidency is there didn't really seem to be anything beneath the anti-Trump crowd when it came to stopping him. Oftentimes we were told you don't understand this guy's an existential threat. And, uh, you know, all the rules go out the window, all hands on deck. We don't need journalistic standards of integrity. We don't need to vet sources. We don't need to confirm reports. We just need to run all of them as if they're true. You know, unless, of course, it has something to do with, oh, I don't know, say Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. I mean, I really want you to think about this. The media, as they run breathlessly today, 
with these new details. The new details being, okay, well, a week ago, the guy was selling our nuclear codes. You know, like it was a Netflix password after a breakup. You know, we're not together anymore, but I still, you know, we still share the Netflix account. It's not how nuclear codes work. They refresh every 20 seconds, every 45 seconds. But people were willing to run with that on the anti-Trump side of town. They're crazy. Well, they're just hell-bent. They hate the guy so much. And again, I can't give you a clear-throated defense of his actions because I still don't know the answer. All I know is when this raid first came down... We were told what? Well, the government, the FBI, they wouldn't be taking a step like this against a former president unless they really had the goods. Wrong. I mean, again, did they really have the goods when it came to the Mueller probe? The answer would be no. So it's hard to sit here and take anything they say at face value at a time when we know whistleblowers are outing the FBI for covering up the Hunter Biden probe. At a time when we're hearing reports of people leaving the bureau because of conflicts of interest when it comes to Trump and other probes they've worked on and the cover up of Hunter Biden. But again and again and again, this is my biggest frustration, the biggest challenge if you were me hosting a show today. Okay, aside from the fact that I'm so fat right now, I'm out of breath reading. (laughs) You know, when you're sitting there, you're like, hold on, I need to take a break before I turn the page in this book. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat Look at you. But as a guy who's really on the air just trying to call a fair fight, there's when you know, the old saying is when they when when there's two standards, there's none. You know, when you have a double standard, there's no standard at all. We're in that position right now. Okay, we've got an anonymous leak to the Washington Post. One anonymous leak to the Washington Post has the entirety of the media who told you a week ago he was selling our our nuclear secrets, pivoting to a new storyline, which was whoa, whoa, whoa. He was selling somebody else's nuclear secrets without shame or any type of acknowledgement that the narrative just changed in the last week. We just move on and quote the new leak as if it's gospel. But the reason it's hard for me to buy in as an objective observer, I want you to understand, okay, as we report all of these things as gospel with no regard for whether the previous ones were true, number one, but number two, understand we've also seen this same media refuse to run stories that they knew to be true. Do you understand? You think about that for a second. Everybody out there right now in the Washington Post that is running with this, well, he had nuclear secrets from another country. Some anonymous source told us that, so let's spread it far and wide. Every one of those people at the Washington Post doing this refused to share the Hunter Biden story when his own business partner had come forward and told the FBI it was true. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. So you understand, okay, they had full corroboration. A man put his name on it. A man said, those are my emails. A man said, that is my name. A man said, Joe Biden is getting a 10% kickback on all of this. Are you the big man, Joe? A man came forward, put his name on it, and said, yes, former military veteran who served this country. And the media didn't even touch it. Do you understand? We had a lot more corroboration on Hunter Biden than we do in this moment on Mar-a-Lago. But if you notice, there's a different standard of restraint. What happened with Hunter Biden? We had former members of the intel community, the same ones who told us Trump was a definitive asset controlled by Vladimir Putin, then came forward to say, "Ah, oh, the Hunter Biden laptop, that's Russian disinformation. You guys shouldn't run this. There's all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. But they themselves knew at the time 
that it was in fact true. Our director of national intelligence at the time said it was believed to be true. That was the understanding. His business partner said it was true. So when I see the reckless, the reckless, okay, reporting of, oh, well, this is it, selling nuclear secrets, nuclear spy, with no one on record corroborating it, it seems to me like a strategic leak. And I think that's the biggest challenge I have right now is that we are 62 days away from the midterms. Joe Biden has made MAGA the centerpiece of his midterm strategy because they don't want to run on inflation or the border or crime or anything in between. There's, it's almost impossible for you to convince me, especially what we learned out of the affidavit details. It's impossible for you to convince me that Joe Biden and his administration wasn't uh, involved in a motivating factor for this raid. I agree with that. Okay, but regardless, one way or the other, the usual suspects are out in front of the microphones, and it is all hands on deck. This guy's going back to prison. The walls are closing in. Oh, you don't understand. Okay, and that's what we're dealing with here. Okay, I'm going to give you some of these clips because they're just so ridiculous. But again, my bigger challenge today, Bill Barr's going to join us at 1230 today, Eastern Time, is it is very possible that both of these sides have a legitimate gripe. Trump was raided in an unprecedented manner. We've never raided a president in the 246-year history of this country. Okay, this is not normal. Maybe you could get these documents under subpoena. Maybe he wasn't cooperating with the subpoena. And then, yes, there's also the dichotomy of it's very possible he had information at Mar-a-Lago that he shouldn't have had. Now, I don't know if there was a workable solution. I'm never going to give the FBI the benefit of the doubt. Okay, I'm just I can't not after more a lot, not after the Mueller probe, not after everything that's gone down in between, not after the squashing of the Hunter Biden story. It's hard for me to say at face value. Oh, no, no. These guys are on the level this time around. So let me give you a couple of things. Okay, because there's a lot in play. Okay, Joy Behar. My goodness, Greg, I hate to do this to you, but the view is back on the air, and I got to play you a Joy Behar clip. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Listen, man, I know how you feel. It's, it's not easy for me either. The view is awful. But here is Joy Behar, okay, back on the air over at The View, and I'm going to play a couple different media outlets reporting on this. They've got the new narrative. A week ago when The View was off the air, it was, you know, this guy's selling our nuclear secrets. That's what he's doing. He gave the nuclear passwords out. You know, we're all going to get bombed. He just wanted to make some money. This is what Trump does. That was the narrative. Well, last night it changed. Okay. But Joy Behar all in on this. No, no, no. He's, he's selling it. Follow the money, she says. Clips 27. Anything about it that I've been, I mean, I've been hearing about all of this for right, months right. now. And you say, well, what is his intention? What was he going to do with that? What was he going to do with documents? And, you know. Always follow the money with Trump, you know? I mean, didn't he just uh, bury his ex-wife on his golf course so he can get a tax break? Was I that mean, true? Well, yeah, well, she's buried there. Is she really buried there? Yeah. She is buried and there. And every, time, breaks, and every so... time I see poor yeah. Melania's face, it looks like she's going to, is he going to put me on the ninth hole? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, we'll be fine. <laughs> but, you know, uh, that's we the whole, where, who back. is he Wait, selling it to? I'm surrounded by idiots. It's a tough watch, man. Every time I play a view clip, I just, you know, I can't help but think about those inmates down in Guantanamo Bay who can no longer be waterboarded, so they make them watch the view instead. They're like, you confess or we'll put Joy Behar on. No! Oh, no, no! <laughs> really hard to watch. It's a, t- it's a tough one. Okay, but I find myself at a real crossroads right now 
okay, because I am a guy. I really am a guy who believes nobody's above the law. I come from a big law enforcement household, and obviously if someone was really jeopardizing our country and endangering our safety, I would want them held accountable regardless of whether or not they're a Republican or a Democrat. But there are just so many similarities as somebody who had to cover the Mueller probe and somebody who's covering this raid. When it comes to this breathless reporting about their selling, what, she doesn't know he's selling anything. Nobody knows that. We don't have that. And understand, and this is the thing you need to understand, this is a politically motivated investigation. I know that because they're leaking details. You don't leak details because you're on the level and you just want to see justice run its course, you leak details because you're trying to garner public sentiment for your work. Bingo. Okay, so this is a politically motivated investigation. You know the Durham probe that's going on? The investigation into the investigators, basically the Durham probe is a probe of the Mueller probe and its origins. You never get a leak, not not one, not a single solitary leak out of the Durham probe. But this one, we're leaking left and right. Very evocative of Mueller. And that we're seeing the leaks. They're designed to shape public opinion. They empower the media to get out there and speculate breathlessly and cater to a crowd whose emotions are their facts. 62 days from the midterms, this is very helpful to a Democratic Party who has nothing to run on. Okay, you can't run on inflation. You can't run on the border. You can't run on crime. Okay, they're now acknowledging for the first time in two years that shutting down schools hurt children. Okay, something we've been screaming about for two years, but the kids were the casualty in the political crossfire. Because if you remember in the fall of 2020, Trump was like, now we're going to send the kids back to school. And everybody was like, he's going to get them all killed. They don't care about your children. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. And when it comes to this situation, yes, it's very possible. It is very possible that Trump did something he shouldn't have did. But there is no world as crazy as he can be, as many wild tweets as he's fired out into the night sky. It's going to be impossible for any objective person to take anything the FBI says at face value anytime soon unless they show us the goods. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.
Oh, man. It is not easy watching The View. My goodness, I mean, I really wouldn't wish it on anybody. Uh, Fox Cross America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. But, yeah, when you hear people bursting into song like that, you can't help but feel for them. The latest revelation, we're going to be discussing this with former Attorney General Bill Barr in the very next break. Uh, Washington Post reported late last night some of the documents taken from Mar-a-Lago were so restricted that some senior national security officials in the Biden administration did not have the authorization to look at them. Come on, man. So meaning they're so high up the chain on the Trump side of town that the Biden side of town doesn't even have the security clearances to see them. Now, again, we don't know that's true. What we know is it's a story about Trump that involves members of Biden's camp. Again, the thing I'm having a hard time with, if you listen to the show, okay, I don't run the Donald Trump radio defense fund. I am a talk show host. I'm the furthest thing from an activist. I just, I don't care, okay? I'm not active in any way. Have you seen me? I look like I'm in my third trimester right now. Okay, but the point is, as an objective observer of this stuff, I've really been pushed to a cynical place, okay? But this is what we know, okay? The Washington Post is citing multiple people close to the investigation. Multiple people. Is any of them putting their name on this stuff? The answer would be no. It's worth noting because we had a lot of multiple people consulted during the Mueller probe. And did any of those multiple reports by multiple people turn out to be true? The answer would be no. Stick with me, though. Okay. Sources, okay, these multiple people close to the raid uh, became alarmed when they started reviewing some of the documents and realized how restrictive some of them were. Now, here's another question. Okay, if they became alarmed by what they were reviewing, that means they went in there not knowing what they'd find. I think he's got a point. Okay, does it? I mean, that's a damn good point. Okay, if they're alarmed by it, we're supposedly you get a warrant. Okay, because you're going in there looking for a very specific thing. But when you start to hear, oh, he couldn't believe what we were finding. Sounds a lot like a fishing expedition to me. This is ridiculous. It really is. Sources told the Post some of the documents contained information on the nuclear defense capabilities of foreign nations. Now, again, we were told last week and the week before that it was the nuclear secrets of our nation. But we seem to have conveniently memory hold this, moved on from it as if that never happened. Okay, Post goes on to say that some of the seized documents detail top secret U.S. operations so closely guarded that many senior national security officials are kept in the dark about them. Whoa! Listen, I don't know what is fact. I don't know what is fiction. But I do know Bill Barr is as good of an authority on this as anybody in the world, and we have conned him into joining us next. So don't go anywhere because it's going to be a firecracker right here on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you've been following the news, you know there's a lot of talk right now about the DOJ, FBI raids, people going to prison. Uh, This next guest, kind of an expert on prison because he's been married over 40 years. Uh, Your (laughs) former attorney general, Bill Barr, back in studio, a free man at the moment. Good to see you. Good to see you, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. That was not a cheap shot at the missus. Uh, 49 years. You're at 49 right now. 
Me and Jenny are at 16, which is 13 years longer than either of us bet in Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) When we got married, we actually felt bad taking the gifts. We're like, I don't know that this is going to go long enough for two waffle makers. Like one. Okay. I can't have two on my conscience. Right. But it's it's nice to see you. Uh, It's it's nice to be back in the presence of a rhino deep state sellout, (laughs) as some are calling you on the Internet right now. Twitter's just a wonderful place. I always say it's like a fight club. Remember the movie Fight Club with Brad Pitt? Sure, yeah. Okay, Twitter is a fight club for people who don't want to get hit. Right. They, you just get in a digital fight. Right. Any hour of the day, though, you log in, and, all right, I got a right hook for you right here. Right. And it's a little bit of what we were talking about off the air. And what I find so fascinating about where we're at with this Mar-a-Lago raid is everything now is distilled as a binary choice. Now, starting there at 20,000 feet, is it not possible that both parties have a legitimate gripe here? And that Trump is raided, it's unprecedented in the history of our country, but at the same time there is a legitimate custody issue with classified information. Is it possible both parties are slightly aggrieved? Yeah, that's – I mean that is frequently the case okay. and it's possible. Now, on this one, you know, I, I, still, I still don't see that the government did anything wrong okay. uh, here if you really understand the facts. Uh, but I agree with you exactly that – you know, people—it's it, very tribal. You know, and and it's every binary. It's binary. It's mm. like, are you for or against? <laughs> and it, and if there's any nuance, like, well, mm. this is what's right about their position on this, but this is oh, you're on the other side. You're, you're, you're you know, <laughs> get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> I want to see know? this guy. <laughs> yeah. So it's very binary, uh-huh. and uh, uh, what I don't like is mm. is um, what we've always objected to on the left is they don't care about truth. Mm-hmm. They take the facts they squeeze it into their narrative and the mm-hmm. truth suffers right yes and now i see our side doing a lot of that too and the truth does matter it, it, in some capacity it would be nice <laughs> to get back to a world where i do i do feel this is my biggest frustration is i feel like we're litigating feeling more than fact right and i think that's the challenge right now because obviously with somebody like president trump it evokes a lot of emotion right but i think the challenge a lot of people are having and maybe you can speak to this is there have been instances in the justice department where people in the FBI, one way for one reason or another, appeared to have admitted some level of bias when it came to things like Hunter Biden or the Mueller probe. So I think a lot of people have a problem buying their actions at face value. Now, is there any justification for that, would you say? A hundred percent. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think especially the stuff that happened under Comey and the Russiagate stuff yeah. has essentially uh, destroyed the, the credibility of the FBI with a huge segment of American mm-hmm. public. And so they're not given the benefit of the doubt. So I don't. I understand the the skepticism about them, mm-hmm. um, uh, but I also think that uh, there are things that they have done and screwed up, and there's some actions that look partisan that they should be taken to task for. Mm-hmm. There are things that have to be fixed and overhauled in the FBI. No question about it. And you know, I know a lot about that. I yeah, understand there's it. multiple issues that have to be addressed. And guess what? Mm-hmm. They're not going to be addressed under this administration, no. under this president and, and this attorney general. Mm-hmm. And if they drive out Chris Ray, I can guarantee you that the person who's going to replace him is not going to be better than Chris <laughs> Ray. Okay? So all these people want to hang Chris Ray from the you know. Yeah. High. And, and, and the other thing is this thing was not an uh, – my point is this particular operation should not be put on – laid at the door of the FBI. This decision was made at the Justice Department. OK. I was going to ask you that. Totally made at the Justice mm-hmm. Department. And I'm not saying it was a wrong decision. I'm mm-hmm. just saying 
Chris Ray wasn't there pounding the table saying, you know, let's do a raid. <laughs> you know, it was the lawyer and it was carefully considered at the department. Mm-hmm. It was debated. But it was the DOJ legal team that made this decision. And then the FBI carried it out. So, you know, but again, they take the situation and mm-hmm. a lot of Republicans got way over their skis, mm-hmm. you know, basically saying everyone has to be drawn and quartered at the FBI. You know, <laughs> we're going to, you know, scorched earth. You know, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and using this as the example. Yeah, there's not a lot of moderation in no. our politics these days. No. But let me ask you this as a former attorney general. OK, is there a world where the current attorney general does any of this without the White House being consulted on it? Um, let me just say it is possible because mm-hmm. I'll tell you what the, the debate I mean, it's was. possible I date Cindy Crawford. I don't no, know no, that it's no, going to okay, okay. Personally, uh-huh. I think they probably gave someone a heads up. Okay. I don't think he talked to the president and said, okay. you know, is this okay? Okay. Uh-huh. I don't think that happened. He, I think he could have given – someone at Justice may have given the White House counsel a heads up. Mm-hmm. But I know the debate that occurred, okay. which is, look, we don't want this to look political. Um and so if we call the White House to tell them mm-hmm. and give them a heads up, then we'll be asked if we talk to the White House. And the answer will be, yeah, it'll look no, political. Chain, yeah. But if we don't, these mm-hmm. guys are going to be entirely blind, blindsided. So, you know, I, I think they probably had that discussion. And my guess is someone got a heads up that this was going to happen. But I don't think they asked for permission. Okay. Uh, Attorney General, former Attorney General Bill Barr is uh, in studio. His book, One Damn Thing After Another. You leave uh, the administration and you get another damn thing. And here we are. Right. (laughs) It's one damn thing after. You can write a sequel now. After another. After another is the the new print. Um, Let me ask you this, because I also find this to be very interesting. Okay, we have now. Uh, we're getting a lot of Hillary Clinton's chiming in, and I know you're a huge fan of her. So I just want to <laughs> – as they go. I mean he's yeah. wearing an I'm with her T-shirt right now. A lot of people don't see it. Uh, but I know you're a big fan of Well, on of the HS. back it says lock her up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mood ring. It depends on the mood. Different mood, you change the ring. It doesn't matter. Um, but there's been a lot of comparisons drawn between her handling of classified information and the president's. Now, I think something I heard you say on our air earlier is it wouldn't matter whether Trump had classified information that was declassified or not. The point is you're still not allowed to have it. Can we just start there? That's that's a basic principle, right? Right. Documents, you know, that were prepared as part of government, Mm -hmm. the government process and are part of the government's record, you know, Mm -hmm. or doing business as a government official Mm -hmm. are government records. You are not allowed to take a record. So even if they're declassified, you can't like you don't take them home like it's a a centerpiece at a wedding. And it might be possible to say, I want a copy of this document. I want a copy of that document as long as they're not classified. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So let me let me ask you this, because one of the pushbacks is is obviously, well, you know, her emails. And, you know, she is now out saying that she had no classified information. Um, Can you speak to that? Did what what did the instant replay tell us when it came to her handling of classified information? So I can't get you know into details. It's just people to turn off the mics. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I want people to understand that she left the State Department six years before I became attorney general. Okay. And the statute of limitations is five years. Okay. So the the work on her stuff was done under the Obama administration and it was the Obama Justice Department that initially came to the conclusion no laws were broken, et cetera. Mm-hmm. When, when Trump was elected, then there were two years of sessions and you know they were sort of looking over what was done to see, mm-hmm. you know, is this really true? And then I came in, and, and we did a little of that. T- I, I did that. I brought in some fresh eyes okay. and professionals look over stuff. Uh, and 
Um, I think I to, to to tell you the truth, uh, I think the 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 level of the documents uh, in in the Hillary situation, the ones we had, mm-hmm. uh, were not as raw. Okay. As as being portrayed in news reports about what we still don't know exactly what yeah. Trump had. Well, I think that's my frustration is the portrayal of anything is come is being distilled by someone with a motivation. Right. And that's my frustration right now with the leaks. Like if sure. you think of something like the Durham probe, we don't get leaks out of the Durham right. probe. Zero. But this thing uh, is left and right. Okay. Right. And oftentimes a leak is coming by someone who's looking to sway public opinion. Yeah. They have an agenda. Yeah. So how is it, does that make it hard for you to buy into what we've heard so far in terms of nuclear secrets, our, our country, other countries? Cause there's been a shift last week. He was selling our nuclear codes. Like it was a Netflix password after a breakup yeah, this I, year. Yeah. I, read into that. Well, I, I, you know, my, my, and this is all speculation yeah. on my part. But first, I, I've said from the very beginning, people should stop speculating what mm-hmm. it is and wait to see what the evidence is on two things: how sensitive are the documents, and is there any inside evidence of obstruction that ties the president into deceit, mm-hmm. deceitful acts? Okay. We don't know. Yeah, that's those are the sixty-four thousand, and everyone's <laughs> the out there spinning can out I, all these. Can I just, I just want to jump in. Okay, what? that's your crime right now, though. In the court of public opinion, your crime is that you've said we don't know. Okay, and they're like, get this guy out of here. Like right. this rhino dirtbag, <laughs> deep state sellout, and all you're calling to is is for reason and restraint. Right. But it's, it's amazing because we're past that. Like nuance is gone. Moderation is gone. Right. Critical thinking is gone. Right. It's all in. Right. And it's crazy, though. What we color can... jersey is the guy wearing? If <laughs> is that color, I'm for him. He can, <laughs> he can go out and commit mass murder, okay? This, listen, <laughs> the whole point of my show is the whole point of my show. Talking to former Attorney General Bill Barr. Because I say every day. If we could get America to a place where people put country over party, which is an old-fashioned thing we used to do, you get through something like this. And you Mm -hmm. might come out of it for the better in that, yes, if somebody needed to be held accountable to the letter of the law, fine, as uncomfortable as that would be. But at the same time, we might also have interest in holding the FBI accountable. Because, again, on the left, they don't care if the FBI is violating any norm or precedent to get the guy because they just want the guy. Right. You know, and we're seeing that in journalism, too. Right. But I think the end game of that is, you know, as we were talking about the truth being a consequence of this, I think America is suffering. I think collectively, like the very team, much so. Yeah. What you would say, right? Absolutely. Um, so let me throw this one at you then, because we're having this conversation about all things America. Um, you know, the big conversation right now about indicting Trump, obviously, is that it would be very reckless if he did have this level of document that we're speculating about. We don't know it to be true. But I wanted to ask you: Is there a world where it's almost more reckless to indict him, given the impact it would have on the country? Yeah. So I've, what I've been saying all along is there are two different questions. Mm-hmm. One is, does the government have enough evidence that they can indict mm-hmm. Joe Sixpack if yeah. Joe Sixpack did it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, meet the standards uh, of the federal prosecution standards and say, we have enough evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt he violated the law. Mm-hmm. That's one question. Yeah. The next question is, assuming you have that evidence, mm-hmm. is it as an exercise of discretion, wise to pursue a particular case, yeah. uh, indictment. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be where they decide not to proceed because you, you – and, 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 mm-hmm. and someone said this to me today. Well, doesn't that mean uh, some pe- you know, someone above the law? And I said, no, it's not that they're above the law, yeah. OK? It is that we take action in the interests of the country and in some cases – 
going after a particular individual is not in the country's interest, not because you know he's mm. more important and he's yeah. above the law. It's just that in some cases, the collateral effect of prosecution could hurt the public more than you know public interest is vindicated by the prosecution. Now, no, it's a it's a great point because it brings me back to Hillary Clinton. I think maybe that was the internal calculation beyond the party. You know, they'd like to just say they were in the tank for her. But I mean, in some world, if you are legitimately prosecuting a major party candidate weeks before an election, I can't imagine uh, it's a peaceful, tranquil month of November here in America in 2016. No, right. Right. so I, I, that's that's the delicate balance we're talking about. Right. But even after that, okay, yeah. so even after the election mm-hmm. uh, in one of my initial meetings with Trump, mm-hmm. he said to me, you know, I know they were saying lock me, lock her up at stuff at the rallies, but he said, I actually don't think she should be prosecuted. Trump said that. Yes. Hmm. I could see that, yeah. And he said, uh, I, I think we would look like a banana republic. You know, mm-hmm. the losing candidate is put in prison. So even if she, even if, she, you know, there's a yeah. violation there, I don't think it's smart necessarily. Now, he may have changed his main mind the more people were piling on him about yeah. things. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, that's a legitimate uh, position and the other thing you have to remember is, you know, once the Republicans came in, they, that would have meant reversing an mm-hmm. earlier decision yeah, on the yeah. prosecution. That also makes people feel that justice is just a yeah, political that, game. It depends yeah. who. Yeah, so. Well, and I think that's the frustration right now. Is I think if you're on the right, this looks wildly politically motivated. Mm-hmm. I think if you're on the left, you don't care. Because we've just got a, you know, we've got a guy we want to get somewhere in the middle lies the truth. So, you know, I find ourselves to be in quite the predicament. Last Bill Barr criticism I get a lot on Twitter. You can speak to this. Everybody tells me, uh, not they don't tell me, I just read it in the threads, the Hunter Biden laptop in the run up to the election. Could you have done more with the laptop? Did you have it? I don't even know that what, what this amounts to. I just know when they're not calling you a rhino, they're like, Barr should have did something with the laptop. Well, number one, uh, the laptop was where it should have been, which was in the, which is the people investigating okay. mm-hmm. uh, Hunter Biden, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the what happened before the election is a letter came out with these intelligence experts saying it was Russian disinformation, mm-hmm. and the. I talked to people about that. The mm-hmm. DNI went out and said, no, it wasn't disinformation. It was legit, yeah. And the FBI said they agreed with the DNI. There was no indication that this was disinformation. And we got that right out. Mm-hmm. That's all we could really do is try to correct yeah. that, that disinformation. Mm-hmm. But the idea that the Department of Justice can, can take a lap, you know, evidence mm-hmm. that's being investigated where no decision has been made yet yeah. and put it out in the public domain. That's not how evidence works. Yeah, and and and, and uh, that's you know that would put make the Justice Department be able to affect elections just not by prosecute not yeah. by prosecuting people just by putting ev- Here stuff is. out there. Yeah. Here it is. Now that happens. There are mm-hmm. leaks from the department, as mm-hmm. I said. Mm-hmm. By the way, there is a deep state. I think there is a double standard. Mm-hmm. There are partisan players in the department. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very conscious. Some are sort of unconscious that they allow their partisanship to, mm-hmm. to affect Influence their decision. Yeah. But they're there. Mm-hmm. And as I've said, 
there were leaks when I was there and they were all anti-Republican, pro-Democrat mm-hmm. leaks. And the yeah. cases that would have been embarrassing to the Democrats were never leaked. Yep. So it's it, there it's is a, a double standard. It yeah. is definitely a thing. And, and you know, you, you say who's going to go and investigate this case and it's a case involving Democrats and, mm-hmm. you know, very few hands are raised, OK? <laughs> you say there's a Republican over here we want to look at and, you know, three-quarters of the department and it raises their hand. It's a line a mile long. <laughs> yeah. All right, last question. We're under a minute. Uh, 50 years. You're going to be married 50 years. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll survive. Yeah, <laughs> not after this interview. She might be upset. <laughs> she might be a deep stater. She didn't tell you. You don't know. You might be in big trouble. No. Uh, how, how rowdy do the bars get for 50 years? Do you go away? Do you low-key? What's a guy like Bill Barr do? Uh, we, we do a little travel. We're okay. picking that up after the COVID thing. Nice. Uh, okay. we, we do we do go away, you right. know. I, I like shooting. Uh, oh, okay. You know, and uh, well, you're in a good neighborhood right now. If you like shooting, I mean, <laughs> most, most of it's self defense. But the point is, you'll get your reps in. Yeah, I play the bagpipes. I yeah, love of course, the bagpipes, and I like hanging out with my grandchildren and so All forth. Right. So. Well, you know, on a radio budget, I'm taking my wife for a trip around the world. We're going to Epcot. <laughs> Jenny, pack your bags. You don't need a yeah. passport. But yeah. we're, we're, Just don't take her near the little pond with the alligators. <laughs> we're trying to play some defense. The great Bill Barr. I appreciate your time today, my Thanks, man. Jimmy. We'll great to see you. Back yep. after this. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon just wrapped up with your former Attorney General, Bill Barr. Great conversation. We're going to expand on it in the next hour because we just had a really fascinating talk off the air about 2024. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but there's an election in between coming up here in 62 days. More Bill Barr gossip, fallout, fact fiction, the whole barnyard jamboree. We're going to be doing it in the next hour. We will also talk. Uh, with James Comer, ranking Republican on the House Oversight Committee, who is not happy about Hunter. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, is it ever? And we are back in action for a big hour on Fox Across America. We've got a lot going on. Kentucky Representative James Comer, ranking Republican on the House Oversight Committee, stops by to discuss the whistleblower movement inside the FBI pertaining to the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. He would be if there was any decency in that organization, something your former attorney Bill Barr just discussed at length. Uh, we're going to get into the phones in this hour because I know some of you have comments on Bill Barr's uh, interview. The former attorney general just spent about 30 minutes with us if you want to get in on that. 888 788 Nine nine one zero. That's the phone number if you want to be a part of this thing. Also, the phone number if you don't want to be a part of this thing. You just want to call me up and read me the riot act. You saw me on TV last night and you were bothered by my. Uh, that boy is a pig. I get it, man. It's a tough crowd. <laughs> it's a tough crowd on the TV. Uh, we're also going to be speaking with Hung Chow, who is of course a Republican candidate for the House of Representatives in the tenth congressional district of Virginia where people still haven't learned the lesson of the Glenn Youngkin election. We have parents in Virginia. Okay, we have Democratic candidates in Virginia saying that parents shouldn't have any say in their kids' education. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Listen, as I again, people make a lot of money doing political strategy in Washington. The idea that anyone ever sent an invoice to a candidate asking for money 
in return for a strategy that said, no, nah, no, nah, just tell all the moms to shut up. Like, in what world did anybody think that was a good strategy? It cost the Democrats in Virginia. Glenn Youngkin won the governor's race, okay, in a state that Biden carried by 12 points in the 2020, in the 2020 election. Less than a year later, Glenn Youngkin wins the thing, okay, outright, going away because he made local issues the core of his campaign, something that the Democrats still have not heeded that lesson. And maybe the reason they're not learning lessons is because they don't have people in the classroom. I don't know. Maybe you have a theory. You're welcome to weigh in. 888-788-9910. We're going to get into it. But I want to get into some of your reactions to the Bill Barr interview. Dennis batting leadoff. He's on WVMT in Salisbury, Vermont. Dennis. Jimmy. My man. I'm honored. Uh, Listen, uh, when I hear uh, Attorney General Barr speaking uh, on the Hunter hard drive issue, I have this image of a grease pig catching contest. <laughs> and uh, that that guy wiggles out of responsibility more adeptly well, than Harry Houtini. Yeah, well, um, listen, I want to add to this. I want to jump in on this because something he just said to me off the air on the way out of the studio because we were under a minute is he said that, you know, it's fascinating that all the people who criticize him for doing more. It's not how, okay, as the attorney general, the attorney general's job is not to take evidence and place it in the media. And it's something we're screaming about right now when the FBI leaks. Okay, you can't ask him to become the thing you hate if you want the thing you hate to stop happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's not my issue. Okay, my continue. issue is uh, the, the, not that reporters can't man- manufacture a story out of whole cloth, mm-hmm. but there is a thing in the federal government called the Glomar response where they neither confirm nor deny um, any any particular uh, question of merit. And and so if somebody is either confirming or denying or making something up, it's incumbent on the attorney general, isn't it, to find out who's talking to the press? In a case, in a case in a court of law, yes. Yeah. This is the issue that I think a lot of people miss, Dennis. I'll let you get your point in. We got plenty of time. Okay. The bigger issue here, and I think this is, you know, something we come back to again and again, is the Hunter Biden laptop story did get out there. Rudy Giuliani did get it out there. This channel got it out there. Tony Bobolinsky was on Tucker Carlson, the highest rated cable news show in the country, flat out corroborating every one of these allegations against Biden. The point is, Barr getting it out there. Barr saying so-and-so lied, this isn't Russian disinformation. That doesn't require the media to report on it. And that's where I think people are being short-sighted is we're living there. You know, they're living in this pretend world where there was anything, anything in the run-up to that election that was going to get the media to abandon their support of Joe Biden. You understand, you're trying to break through a media that aren't actually journalists. They're activists masquerading as journalists. We had the goods on Hunter Biden. We saw the pictures. We saw everything. He's smoking crack. Okay, we know Obama's Treasury Department had flagged his transactions. They just didn't care. And I think that's what Barr is speaking to is there's a bigger problem in this country where the truth is not anybody's motivating factor anymore. It's just what can we do with the news cycle to manipulate it in our favor? Right. Well, the narrative was that they had people in the intelligence community uh, confirming that this was Russian disinformation. Mm-hmm. And and when that's happening, the responsibility of the attorney general is to find out who those contacts are and fire them. 
No, it's not. You understand, these were former, this is what they were. They were former members of the Intel Committee that wrote that. They weren't fireable. The people who wrote that letter, where you're talking about three dozen former members of the Intel community saying this has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, you know, are just sleazeballs that gaslit the country over, you know, the Mueller probe. And what they did was despicable. I mean, he admits that. He says it was despicable. You know, what we're coming back to, you know, in hindsight is, oh, something Barr could have did to swing the election. There's not, there's not, there's nothing I can tell you in talking to him on on the air or off the air that leads me to believe that was a possibility, and it's the thing that drives you crazy about Barr is that you know Trump hired him so he was loyal to the guy, but he's not loyal to the guy at the expense of the Constitution because he's one of the old school people in this country that still actually cares about that stuff. Most of these people don't. Nobody's playing a long game anymore, and that's why I like having Barr on. It pisses off half the audience, but when I talk to the guy on the air or off the air, I get the same guy. Okay, which is not always the case in a lot of media. You get the character, but then the guy behind the scenes is like, yeah, I don't mean any of that. No, he's just like an old school guy who's worked under multiple presidents that is trying to follow the letter of the law. So that's why they're mad at him right now about Mar-a-Lago is he's saying, listen, if Trump had these documents under the letter of the law, even if Trump declassified them, he's still not allowed to possess them, which is okay, the law. But at the same time, he's also saying we don't know what he had and we can't trust any of these leaks. So we have to wait till we know. Unfortunately, we live in a world now where everybody wants to issue a verdict without the evidence. So it's crazy. But the court of public opinion is taking precedence over the actual court of law. So for Barr showing that restraint, I always appreciate him coming on. A lot of times his restraint pisses off Democrats. Sometimes it pisses off Republicans. But that's the show I want to do. I don't want to piss off anybody per se, but I want to be fair i don't want to just you know sell you a point of view does that make sense it does jimmy um if i rewind the tapes the the adjective former intelligence officers mm-hmm. um didn't happen until later on after the republican uh, after the uh exposure that hunter biden's laptop so what are you real. saying if Barr fires just, people are you saying if Barr fires people in the run-up to the election that changes the election mm-hmm. or no I'm, I'm saying Barr needed to conduct an investigation to make sure no active members of the intelligence community were leaking this to the press. Well, so and, I will have you know there was an investigation going on, and it was in public, and that's something we discussed off the air as well. But continue. Uh, Jimmy, um, whatever you're paying your call screener, it's mm-hmm. not enough. <laughs> Dennis got through again, everybody. Oh, you're the best. But, Go ahead. But, Jimmy. Jimmy, mm-hmm. what they're paying me is not enough either, so it all works out. <laughs> you're the best. Be well. There he goes, the great Dennis. Dennis, I know you're still listening, by the way, just so you understand. The actual headline, okay, is ex-Intel officials claim Hunter Biden laptop story is Russian disinformation. That was the letter that was used. It was former, so just so you know. Okay, when they actually finally admitted the Hunter Biden laptop story was real. Okay, here is the headline, okay, on FoxNews.com from March 18th, 2022. The New York Times confirmed a story this week about Hunter Biden's laptop that over 50 former U.S. intelligence officials previously dismissed as Russian disinformation. So this idea that Barr could have just fired people, and this is the part, you know, I want to get into with you guys. Everybody says, like, oh, Barr could have did more. Okay, understand the media landscape that we were living in. Okay, Bill Barr, as your attorney general, 
was in charge of releasing the Mueller probe. When the Mueller probe did not reveal Russian collusion and the Democrats fell flat on their face, the Democrats in the media did not take the L. They did not say, hey, we're sorry, America. We spent three years telling you Putin was in charge of the White House. Turns out we were completely wrong, and it was all based on Hillary Clinton's opposition research. We knew that, but they didn't own it. They just kept going with a new allegation. The allegation was obstruction of justice, and Barr was corrupt, and Barr wouldn't let them charge Trump, and otherwise Trump was going to die in prison. They just move on to the next allegation with no shame with no memory, with no regard for the fact, because they're not catering to fact, they're catering to feeling. Do you understand, if Bill Barr comes out a month before the election and says, hey, there were actually current officials gaslighting the public about this, and they should all be fired or arrested, what the media turns and does is they go, see, Trump's weaponizing the Department of Justice against the political opponent in the run-up to the election. This is banana republic stuff. There's it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. So his guide, I believe, was the Constitution. But your calls are all welcome. Barry's in Los Angeles, California. Yo, Barry. So uh, I just um, in regard to uh, Mar-a-Lago, I just want to point out how disingenuous Bill Barr is. Oh, Um, shots fired. Go ahead. I mean, he was just on your show saying and I I agree with what he said today. He's like, we need to wait and find out what Trump took Mm -hmm. or. you know, and why, you know, why the... Yeah, we don't know what he had, yeah. However, yesterday, in the last two weeks, he's just been intimating that Trump took all this really bad stuff, or stuff, and, I mean, yesterday he was, for 20 minutes, he was saying how wrong it was to appoint the master, God, forget it again, the master. Special master. The special master. Mm -hmm. If if we're supposed to, if we don't know what Trump took, how, how is he... Who is he to say that the, the the appointment of the special master was wrong? This is what yet, we do know. Let me jump he in. Was, he was one. No, he, you're going to make 100%. your point. No, you're going to make your point. I just want because I have his I have his verbatim quote in front of me. OK, just so you understand. OK, he said the opinion he thinks is wrong. He thinks the government should appeal it, meaning the decision to appoint a special master. He said it's deeply flawed in a number of ways, but he said he doesn't think the appointment of a special master is going to hold up. I don't see it fundamentally changing the trajectory of the case. In other words, I don't think it changes the ball game so much as maybe we'll have a rain delay for a couple of innings. What he's saying is he thinks it's going to slow things down because he thinks the fundamental dynamics of the case aren't being addressed, which is he doesn't know what the specific classified information was. That's what he's saying. He doesn't know specifically what it was. But if it was classified, Trump isn't allowed to have it. Whether he declassified it after the fact or not, he actually can't have it at Mar-a-Lago. That's the issue. So what he's saying is the special master going in and reviewing each individual document won't change the fundamentals, which is did he or didn't he have something classified? Not specifically what that classified thing was. Was it classified, period? And we know there was classified information. There was 15 boxes of it. And, and you know, let's get back to why was there a special master? The FBI was the, the raid took nine hours. The the mm-hmm. warrant was oh it so sounds like fishing over overreaching. Yeah. It's ridiculous. What what the hell else is Trump supposed to do? I mean this 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 report today, this report today from the Post or last night whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a very good chance. There's a very good chance that the FBI does have that documentation. They never found it at Mar-a-Lago. Remember when they went into the raid, they they basically didn't let Trump's lawyers watch, mm-hmm. and they actually wanted the cameras turned off. I mean, this this is. I'm sorry. Listen, but, I I opened well, my show else, with a half hour of me saying it's hard to trust no, the FBI. No. 
And Bill, I, I agree. Bill Barr opened his interview by saying he feels for everybody because no one can trust the FBI. I mean, he's with you. You, I right. mean, you agree so with then him. How the hell? So then, at least the only defense Trump has right now is his special master in Barr saying it's wrong. Give me a break. No, I mean, the only real defense he has is whatever the truth happens to be. Okay, if they're wronging Trump, we're going to find out just like we did with the Mueller probe. My frustration is if they're wronging Trump, we're not going to move on uh, with this collective agreement that they wronged him. The Democrats are just going to come after him for something else. They're really relentless. And that's the that's my biggest frustration. I I would agree. Okay. in in, in regard to in regard to the Hunter Biden Mm -hmm. and Bill Barr. I personally, I don't think, you know, I don't, I agree with his last comment. Mm-hmm. If Barr had done anything, mm-hmm. it would have been wrong. I mean, yep. the the Hunter Biden thing all lies on Christopher Ray, the FBI, yep. and then these former intelligence, these intelligence agencies, they need to, ba- every person that signed that letter needs all, they basically need to disavow every one of those people. Yeah, they're garbage. They're all garbage because I, but, they knew at the in, time. In regard to Bill Barr, yeah. I, I, I agree with what he said mm-hmm. um, at the end there about, you know, yep. you know it wasn't his job no. to do. It's not what justice what, does, but I guess a lot of people are frustrated. And the FBI has behaved like, you know, garbage. They really have. Good call, Barry. We'll do it again soon. Back after this. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with Kentucky Representative James Comer in the next break. Ranking member on the Republican side of the House Oversight Committee. Right now, we go back to your calls. John is in Jacksonville, Florida. Yo, John. Hey, Jimmy. My man. You're bright. Your star is so bright. I got a sunburn uh, coming in on this side. Congratulations <laughs> on, all your, uh, on all your success, man. Thank you, brother. We're doing well, man. I've gotten really good at sneaking past security to get on TV. You just got to. Oh, they uh, they love you now, so uh, you're well invited. <laughs> I can walk uh, on at a better pace. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Uh, Bill Barr, I trusted that man, okay? Mm-hmm. And I actually still do. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is saying that there's not enough evidence to say what is going on. Mm-hmm. I personally think it's uh, documents from Crossfire Hurricane. Oh. That went down there. Mm-hmm. That's just my. And thing. they just want him back. Well, here's the yeah. thing. Here's the bigger takeaway from Barr. So a lot of, I'm, and I'm going to make sure you get your point in. Barr flat out says he doesn't think they should prosecute Trump for the good of the country. So he's not like, you know, he opened the interview by saying it's no one can trust the FBI after what they did with the Mueller probe, you know. So Barr is with you there. He's also just acknowledging that there, you know, there is a world where Trump could have done something wrong, but not at the level we should be raiding Mar-a-Lago. In other words, an uh, administrative uh, wonder that brought yeah. paperwork down there. Yep. You know, something simple like that. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to uh, hang him on. Yep. And, you know, using nuclear is just silly. But, you know, this ties into uh, the raid, ties mm-hmm. in with Joe Biden's speech. I, I took from Joe Biden's speech that he's uh, weaponized uh, the FBI and the DOJ. And I think that he's going to do everything in his power in the next two months. Mm-hmm. To silence the right 
call him every name in the book. Jimmy, I've watched this man since the 80s. Mm-hmm. I'm a true independent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know this guy's a bad guy, Biden, because mm-hmm. he has done his light his whole career. You know, he's a grifter that just wanted to be on the back of the Clintons to make his money. Mm. And, you know, in 2014, he said that uh, uh, the the borders uh, can absorb. Oh, if we get into Biden quotes, we'll be here for days. He's a lifetime supply of stupid things, John. Uh, I'm going to lose you in 20 seconds. But does this mean if Biden runs again, you're not going to support him? Oh, I don't know. Let me think about that. Uh, No. (laughs) John, you're the best. We'll do it again, brother. Be well. James Comer going to try to follow that act, and then we'll get back to your calls on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're fired up to talk to this next guest, superstar representative from the great state of Kentucky. Republican uh, leader, ranking Republican on the House Oversight Committee. We're not sure who he pissed off to get put back on this show, but I guess he can explain. James Comer's here. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? I don't know. I don't know who in your uh, PR department got upset with you and booked you back on this show, but I always love hearing your voice. Hey, I, I love your show. I love your show. I'd rather be on your show than anybody's. Oh, hold on. Let's clip that tape. And, Comer, I will send you the 50 bucks later. You said it just like I wrote it down. Thank you. Um, yes, sir. Listen, it's it's been a moment since we talked. Uh, I know you're being referred to as a fascist now uh, because you're a conservative. Is there anything more desperate than trying to turn the midterms into a referendum on pretend fascism? No. And what's sad is Joe Biden fooled a lot of Americans Mm -hmm. in the presidential election by telling them he was going to be a uniter and not a divider. And I believe he's the most divisive president we've ever had. And and that speech he gave last week put an exclamation point on my beliefs. You know what? I'm with you there. I just I've never seen a politician train their fire on the voter. You know, again, like, listen, we just watched Donald Trump for four years. He didn't take nothing from nobody, but he was going after the press. He was going after his opponents. He wasn't actually going after the people who pull a voting lever, which is shocking to me. But sadly, that's where we are. But the reason I bring it up, I don't want to bog down the, you know, the conversation with this is because there's two things in play right now. Okay, one is that Biden wants you to believe conservatives are fascists. Is the other is he wants you to believe he had nothing to do with this raid on Mar-a-Lago? Is there a world where you believe Joe Biden didn't know what was going on at Mar-a-Lago? I don't believe that Merrick Garland would have given the green light to that without getting the okay from Joe Biden. That's mm-hmm. just hard to believe. If he did, then it shows Joe Biden's not making very many policy decisions in his administration, mm-hmm. which some people believe. But I still think that a decision of that magnitude that you know has, has everything to do with your political opponent, who, by the way, is leading you in the polls, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would be shocked if, if Joe Biden didn't know about it before it happened and sign off on it. Okay, we're talking to Representative James Comer from the great state of Kentucky. Biden, a hot topic here, because here's the other thing that we now understand through your efforts on the Oversight Committee, is it sounds an awful lot like the Treasury Department might have been running a little interference for whatever Biden's involvement was with Hunter's business transactions. What do we know about that? Well, we know that Hunter Biden has had at least 100 
150 suspicious activity reports, Mm -hmm. or better known as SARS. Mm -hmm. These are filed by the banks when they believe one of their clients is creating some type of uh, financial activity that would be considered criminal. Mm -hmm. So these are very serious, and I've come from a banking background. I'm very familiar with these. Very few people in America ever come close to getting a SARS. Mm Mm-hmm. This man, Hunter Biden, had 150. And, Jimmy, they were from five different banks. So this is the bank telling the Treasury Department, because that's who you file a suspicious activity report. Mm -hmm. This is the bank saying, we're pretty confident our client is committing some type of crime here. Mm -hmm. Now, the the suspicious activity reports were created under the first or under the George W. Bush administration after after September the 11th Mm -hmm. to try to catch foreign transactions going to terror sales mm-hmm. in the United States. This is how serious these are. Yeah, They've been expanded to include money laundering and things like that. So you've got a situation where the bank notified the Treasury that, you know, this is going on. Now, the bank wouldn't do that w- with you or, or with me or with any, any good customer because they'd be like, this is going to make this customer mad. We want to make sure. And if the customer, if their client Mm -hmm. is the son of the sitting vice president of the United States, they're going to make darn sure if they report the son of the sitting vice president of the United States that it's very criminal or they wouldn't do it. Because, you know, why would you why would you do that if Mm -hmm. you weren't clear? So, you know, before Biden became president, any member of Congress could have access to these suspicious activity reports because they were created to be transparent to help. You know, law enforcement and to help members of Congress be able to find someone committing criminal activity and, and, you know, hold them accountable. But Joe Biden, one of his first acts as president, changed that rule, and not many people knew what it was, so it didn't get any press attention, but said that no member of Congress can have access to these suspicious activity reports. Now we know why he did that. It's because his son had 150 of them. And, Jimmy, we believe that some of those accounts – may have also been uh, intertwined with Joe Biden's accounts. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. We're talking to Representative James Comer. And when you hear the stories like the ones we've been, you know, we've heard over the last two weeks that even the FBI was running interference on the laptop story, something that's not disputed by anybody. I mean, I even had a former attorney general, Bill Barr, was on earlier and said it's really impossible to trust the FBI at this point. Uh, right. I mean, what's the what, what's the end game? Do you take back the House and launch investigations? Like, where do you go with something like this? Well, we take the House. Hopefully, I'll be chairman of the Oversight Committee. Mm-hmm. We'll have subpoena power. Mm-hmm. You know, it will do everything we can to get Treasury mm-hmm. to give us those bank records. If they refuse, that which their excuse now is, we're not in the majority, so we don't have the authority to get that information, which is complete BS. But yeah. but let's just say they're going with that. We will be in the majority hopefully in January. But number two. We'll use, we'll ask the banks if they don't work with us. We will use subpoena power to get those bank CEOs mm-hmm. in front of our committee to tell us and the American people this is why we filed all these suspicious activity reports against Hunter Biden and Jim Biden, mm-hmm. Joe Biden's brother. Who, yes. you know people forget about him. He's mm-hmm. probably the mastermind of everything. Yep. And and then we can go from there. Once we have the bank records that show. This is why, you know, he was flagged for criminal activity. Then we can also be like, was 10% of that transferred to Joe Biden's account? 
would that make what Bobolinsky said to be accurate that Joe Biden was the big guy who was getting a cut yep. from everything? That's a problem for for Biden if that's the case. That's why we're investigating Hunter Biden. It's not for political reasons. It's not for revenge for what they did to Trump with the Steele dossier and everything. It's because we believe that the the Hunter Biden is a national security threat, mm-hmm. and we fear that Joe Biden may have been in on this from day one. I mean, it's 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 fascinating stuff, man. You definitely got your work cut out for you. So here's my advice. If you guys take back the house, you're going to have to lay off the bourbon trail for a few weeks, okay? Yep, that's right. <laughs> I got two buddies on it right now, and they're <laughs> sending me pictures, so they've been taking a lot of samples. <laughs> well, it, ch- chances are they, they might work for this show if they spend enough time down there. Uh, <laughs> great stuff. I love talking to you, buddy. We'll do it again soon, okay? Thanks, Jimmy. Be well. Representative James Comer from the great state of Kentucky. He's got friends on the bourbon trail as we speak. I mean, I don't want to compete but I've, I've got friends that live on the bourbon trail. It's not pretty. Uh, I wanted to get back to your calls really quick because we do have uh, another uh, governor, uh, another candidate anyway, congressional candidate coming up at 150 on the East Coast. Ed is in Hollywood, Florida. He was listening to the Bill Barr interview, and Ed has, a, I think, a, ver- a reasonable question. Ed, take it away, my man. Yeah, uh, I'm just wondering. I'm not a particularly smart man, but it just seems to me that no one is revealing the actual chain of custody. Mm. In my world, I believe you have to actually participate in a crime in order to be charged with that crime. Mm-hmm. Are we to believe that Trump actually packed the boxes and transported them to Mar Largo? No. We still do not know uh-huh. just who and under what circumstances the crime was committed. Well, this is what we do know, because that's a very good question. OK, he's not obviously packing himself. He's not checking out of a hotel room, just throwing whatever he wants in a suitcase and going. The General Services Administration, they did pack him, the GSA. And basically where the story picks up is <laughs> they did send him home with a lot of classified information, whether that was done at his behest or theirs is irrelevant uh, to what we know right now. Now, what I mean is once they started asking for it back, so far all we know is he cooperated and gave it back, but they maintained that he got sent home with more information than he even might even realize. So this could be a crime of negligence. This could be something naivete. The point is we don't know, but it looks really reckless by the FBI to raid Mar-a-Lago based on speculation. You know, and I think that was the point Bill Barr was making is we actually just don't know. Uh, But if Trump had classified information, he's not supposed to have it. So he could give it back without dealing with any type of criminal repercussion. But it doesn't sound like this is a Justice Department that's interested in letting this go peacefully. That's the problem is the politics are definitely playing a role. Yeah, it seems to me, though, that they were in negotiations. They had returned documents. Mm-hmm. And that if if they wanted to uh, go go down and look to see actually what documents uh, they wanted, they could have done that by themselves. Yeah, well, they I mean, maintain you know, Trump never denied that they could come there. No, but and aside from that, just mm-hmm. and and the biggest issue for me is just what harm has been committed. Whether the box is in the White House in a safe or whatever. Oh, I with you. No I'm with one, you. No one at all is is uh, even even intimating. That these documents were sold, traded, moved, seen, or done. No, it's just media. That's just reckless media speculation. Well, you get it, okay? That's why I think this is going to be a bigger problem for the DOJ than it is for Trump long term. Uh, But we'll see how it plays out. Great call, Ed, and thank you. I appreciate the insight here. Martin is in the Lake of the Ozarks. Martin, I got an order of protection against that town right now. Oh, Jimmy. 
I was disappointed I didn't get to see you, but I worked the ER thinking uh, maybe you'd show up that night. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I almost did. Out, I know you got out with some of my friends. I believe Mr. Gattemeyer took you on the boat. Yep. Yes, he did. Yeah. Anyway, to get to the point, just to piggyback <laughs> off your last caller, uh-huh. Bill Barr. Bill Barr is as purple as it comes when it comes to being uh, 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 Republican in name only. Oh, um, stop comments, it, Bill! Well, hold on. Bill Barr was no, was no, Bill no. Barr was stumping for Barry Goldwater on the Upper West Side of Manhattan uh, in the sixties, yeah, nineteen seventies. Yeah, but he's not. But the point yeah, is, no, no, he is his. Point co- is, continue. The point is, mm-hmm. he said. If it's classified information, he shouldn't have it. Nobody should have it. But that's bunk. There's it's not bunk legally. That there's all sorts of documents that the government has made that are classified that get declassified. Mm-hmm. And if you if you read the Constitution, the president is the only person in our country who has a power to say, I deem these documents declassified. Yes, if but now understand to that, back you to your but back to your earlier claim, they don't seem to part of the problem here. Is that him saying like this is declassified? We don't actually have that process on record. That's part of the issue here. Um, you again, don't need it on record. I, I maintain, okay, that this is a dead end. Uh, they're crazy. They hate Trump. They, I don't think they care about the impact it has on the country. But if you listen to the Barr interview, what he was basically saying is they shouldn't charge him for the good of the country. Trump told Bill Barr, I don't know if you caught that, but Trump told Bill Barr after he got elected that he did, he was glad they didn't prosecute Hillary because he didn't want to see this become a banana republic. That's the part I think a lot of people are missing here is that, you know, well, I mean, you're not missing it, but prosecuting a former president, your top political rival, it really is banana Hillary republic Clinton stuff. wasn't a president, though. No. Oh, I understand, but Trump himself said he's glad she didn't get prosecuted. Okay. In her Twitter feed the other day, I know she didn't have classified documents. I know. I mean, we play know your she little didn't. sound horn saying that the guy from Pennsylvania loves. <laughs> All right. I mean, well, in that on, case, Jimmy. I got a guest coming up, Martin. This one's for you. <laughs> Back after this. The show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest, a superstar candidate for the House of Representatives in the 10th Congressional District of Virginia. Hung Chow joins us on the show. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, Jimmy, you're talking me up to a lot here. That's a lot to live up to. It's a big buildup. This is how we lure people into doing this crazy show. You know, we flatter them on the way in the door. <laughs> and they realize we're nuts, but it's too late. Um, one quick question before we get into substance. Um, I keep looking at all your pictures in your feed. You're at a farmer's market. You're at a nice Vietnamese food festival. How are you still in shape right now? Well, <laughs> you, uh, you, believe it or not, I get to eat very little at these things because, you know, people are asking you something and, and you don't want, you know, an egg roll or something like that hanging out your face while you're uh, talking. <laughs> oh, so it's talking. You, you, you take a bite and that's it. That's the key. So it's if it's having people to talk to. This, so what I need to do is I just need to invite like 10 fans to walk around with me all day so I don't have time to chew. Is that what you're telling me? Because i got to get in shape, man. I'm starving after these things. I'm starving <laughs> after these uh, events. I can't even imagine. Well, I love your story. Obviously, you're a Navy veteran who served this country for quite a long time. You've been endorsed by the police. I come from a big law enforcement family. Did you ever think there would be a world where, you know, having served the country and understanding the importance of people who put on the uniform, that you'd be up against a political party that didn't necessarily prioritize the cops the way you do? 
No, I, I, it, it just blows my mind. I mean, now they're calling it extremist, right? I mean, yeah. where have you heard people being called that before? I mean, I, I came here as a refugee mm-hmm. from Vietnam. I served on a military. I also served with the law enforcement. I was on FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force for many years, and I, I stood up a bomb squad in Monterey. You know, I served along our, our men and women in blue, mm-hmm. and now they're calling me an extremist because I don't agree with the president. I don't agree with how he's spending our money to pay for someone else's kid's college education, mm-hmm. how he's now in Kentucky. You saw they put like $3.6 million worth of vending machines with uh, drug paraphernalia yep. uh, in Kentucky. Like it's just ridiculous. I, I, I don't understand where they they come from in terms of uh, – you know, what happened to we the people? You know, yeah. you need to listen to your constituents. Yeah, no, it's a great point. We're talking to Hung Chow. He is, of course, a candidate for the 10th Congressional District of Virginia. Uh, no, I'm with you there when it comes to this othering of voters. But here's another thing I never thought I would see in Virginia. OK, Glenn Youngkin wins the gubernatorial race by prioritizing, you know, parental say in education. Isn't it a little crazy to you that there is a faction of the Democratic Party that's just telling parents to sit down and shut up? It's it's absurd. I mean, uh, this is communism. I mean, you can call it whatever you want, like Marxism or socialism, communism. And now I, it's also a thing called equity, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it sounds a lot like equality, but it's not. It, it means... Uh, uh, equality means you, everybody starts the same. Equity means everybody ends the same. It's not the same thing. But mm-hmm. it is the way the communist regime does. They take a, the kids away from the parents and they make it the ward of the state. It's nuts. And that's so much of what's going on right now is I just feel like they're selling so much government dependence. And I feel like that's like the biggest challenge we face as a country is like, is it victorhood? You can do it. Or is it victimhood? Why bother? So my premonition is you're on the victorhood side and not the victimhood. Correct. That's exactly it. We, you know, America's greatness comes from their people, right? I mean, we the people built this country. We the people were the business owners that created all the jobs. We the people, you know, created the airplane, which then in, ended up putting, uh, allowing Charles Lindbergh and Amelia Earhart to fly across the Atlantic. And we the people put the ma- a man on the moon. And this yeah. is, it takes the American people, the American spirit. Yep. No, I agree. Listen, a, a thousand, a thousand percent. And I think if you take that mindset into everything you do in this country, in this life, I think most people would appreciate their American privilege. You know, there is a it's something that's kind of lost on people because our politics have become more about grievance than about, you know, achievement and everything in between. So, you know, if this is the message, you're welcome to come back and spread it every time, uh, you, you know, whenever you're around. But I might ask you to bring me back some food from all these farmer markets you're hitting. Well, then you'll have to just hang behind me because, you know, as they're handing me food, I have to hand it to someone else because I can't eat and talk to people at the same time. So you'll, you'll get all the food you need. That's a gig I can do. All right. We just shook on it. We've got a verbal agreement. I'll see you at the festival. Great stuff. I appreciate your time today. Hung Chow, 10th Congressional District of Virginia. Fun guy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We got a busy hour coming up on this show. Uh, Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, 
is going to stop by to talk about California's energy shortage. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This might be the day Daniel Turner drops an F-bomb on the air. You're going to want to see that. Uh, We are also covering, uh, as we speak, Barack Obama's return to the White House. He is, of course, having his presidential portrait unveiled today by Joe Biden, a man who served as Barack Obama's vice president for eight years. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Uh, And uh, Obama back in the White House right now. Uh, He and Michelle being saluted with their presidential portraits, uh, something that would traditionally have happened under the previous administration. But I don't know if you heard uh, the Trumps and the Obamas weren't exactly best friends. Uh, (laughs) So here we are uh, with Obama picking up uh, where he left off uh, in the middle of what a lot of people consider to be his third term in office. Uh, mainly because nobody in their right mind thinks Biden's actually running things. Uh, But he is running his mouth, and that's going to be a big topic of conversation as the war on conservatives rages on. Okay, really quickly, before we get into this electric stuff, because I want to talk power with you before Daniel Turner comes on. Okay, there was a clip I played you yesterday that really exposes the ridiculousness of everything going on in our politics right now. Okay, really quickly. Okay, Peter Ducey. Guy's got pound for pound the best hair in all the cable news. Was at the White House yesterday. He was not there for a portrait unveiling. He was there to ask Karine Jean-Pierre, okay, why in one breath they're saying you're a fascist if you deny the results of an election. But in another breath, she had tweeted multiple times that the 2016 election was stolen. Here is the exchange clip one. The new attention on the MAGA Republicans. You tweeted... In 2016, Trump stole an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, here we go. (laughs) You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now, why was it So let's let's be really clear. That... That comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have oh, been, yeah, I have ridiculous. been, well, you're asking me, you're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it was well, ridiculous. I was, I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the, what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. Uh, can I be honest with you? She is lying, lying through her face. Correct the mundo. She was not speaking about voting rights. She was not speaking about what rights were under attack in the moment. The actual tweet. Stolen emails, stolen drones, stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. That was her tweet. Stolen election. Okay, she then tweeted in 2018 about the Stacey Abrams election. Yes, the election was stolen. Brian Kemp stole an election from Stacey Abrams. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. So when Ducey clarified that, her response became, well, you know, we're not going to we're not going to go back and revisit old tweets. Let's focus on the here and now. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f-ing question. Nope. She tried to change the subject. Here it is. Clip two. If we're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen. What about the 2016 election? Look, 
I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today, uh, this inflection point that the President pointed out uh, very clearly, very decisively uh, in, in a few speeches about what the country needs to do at this time to bring the country together. And he believes that's where majority of Americans are when it comes to protecting our democracy, when it comes to protecting our rights, and when it comes to protecting our freedoms. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to focus on. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. So essentially, and you just need to be us so we're on the same page. It's okay for the Democrats to tell you an election was stolen. But if a Republican tells you the election was stolen, he should be behind bars. Guys, when there's a double standard, there's no standard. That's the problem we have right now. There is so many issues where I can point to a double standard, whether it's them administering the law as it pertains to classified information, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, you know, or whether we're talking about energy, which is something front and center to the conversation we're going to have in this hour with Daniel Turner. As I speak to you, California is being forced to conserve energy. They're dealing with rolling blackouts because of this green energy commitment. They're being advised to keep their thermostats at 80 degrees. Is there any world where Gavin Newsom, the guy who locked down the whole state and then went to the French laundry for an $11,000 dinner, is there any world where he's sitting at home right now without the air conditioning on? The answer would be no. No. Whenever they tell you that, you know, there's going to be a little pain as we make this energy transition, what they're saying is poor people are going to suffer every single time. Every one of these guys, like the John Kerry's of the world, yeah, we've got to reduce our carbon footprint. It's going to be a little pain. It's going to be a little inconvenience. Does a guy like John Kerry actually, oh, I don't know, make any sacrifices to his lifestyle? The answer would be no. No, they're all flying in private jets. Let me explain something to you. Climate change is white privilege. Really rich, elite white people who feel so guilty about the level of prosperity they're living in. This is their branding exercise that makes them lessen the guilt. They say, well, yeah, I really am lucky, but I'm saving the planet. Okay, granted, I'm not changing anything about my own individual contribution, but by telling everyone else to save the planet, they're going to go off, reduce emissions, and by default, that'll do more good than I do bad. That's the psychology of climate change. Just rich white people yelling at you about climate change. Very, 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 very few people uh, who aren't rich white people yelling at you about climate change. Unless they happen to be like, I don't know, a former president who's just so rich that he's moved up to Martha's Vineyard, a place that's 96 percent white. Don't be thick, all right? I mean, again, Barack Obama, for all the talk about race and everything in between, is not moving back to the inner city of Chicago, kids. Uh, for all the talk about rising sea levels, the guy just built not one, but two oceanfront properties. Democrats are so full of crap. I mean, really think, ah, oh, the sea levels are rising. We're in bad shape here. Now, uh, if you'll excuse me, I got to get up to my uh, waterfront uh, mansion in Martha's Venue. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I misread the uh, itinerary. We're actually going to my waterfront mansion in, Cal- in uh, Hawaii. Sorry about that. Other waterfront mansion. Do you understand? They're full of it. Okay, but they're asking for sacrifices from you. But none of these sacrifices are being made by them. And that's the biggest frustration uh, for people who are objective observers, not partisans. Okay, climate change to me, I don't consider this a political issue. Obviously, it is. It's huge for the left. They're forcing it on everybody. Okay, but I talk to you about it as a common sense issue. 
Okay, the oldest joke ever told in this country, oldest joke, is weatherman. That's a good job to have because you can be wrong 80% of the time and you'll still keep your job. Am I right? (laughs) But it's the oldest joke in the world that the weatherman can't predict tomorrow's weather accurately. Yet they want you to believe he's got the weather right 50 years from now. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But as they're shutting down California's power grid based on that level of crazy, here is Jennifer Granholm, okay, talking about how California is leading the way on energy. Clip 35. California is in the lead, can show the rest of the nation how it is done. I mean, think of that. They're in the lead. And they're showing the nation how it's done. That is a lie. Well, if showing the nation how it's done means shutting off your energy grid, then she's actually correct. Here is Gavin Newsom telling everybody to do their part. Clip 36. Everyone has to do their part to help step up for just a few more days. Individuals, the state, industries, business, all doing their part to help reduce strain on the grid. Now, here's specifically what you can do in the early morning hours, particularly tomorrow in the next day or so, pre-cool your home. Run your air conditioning earlier in the day when more power is available. And we encourage you to close your windows and blinds to keep your home cool as well. And today and tomorrow afternoon after 4 p.m., in particular 4 p.m., please turn your thermostat up to 78 degrees or higher and avoid to the extent possible using any really large appliances. What the hell is the world coming to? Okay, so no really large appliances. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that electric car that he's mandating is a pretty large appliance. I think he's got a point. Okay, and they have taken this a step further since that was recorded, and they're telling people not to charge their electric cars. So you understand, okay, cutting back on fossil fuels is inhibiting their ability to power their state. They are dealing with a shortage of electricity. Some people are enduring actual blackouts right now, rolling blackouts, because of the transition to green energy. The transition says, you poor schmucks, compromise your quality of life in every way. If anybody needs me, I'll be over here with the thermostat on 60. Yo, Gavin Newsom recorded that video last night. A lot of Twitter sleuths quickly pointing to the fact that the guy's got a sweatshirt and a hat on. Okay, if the guy's wearing a sweatshirt and a hat, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't have the thermostat cranked up to 80 degrees. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. They don't sacrifice. You do. That's the con of green energy. Okay, now Virginia, where Glenn Youngkin was recently elected, okay, Virginia had previously enacted a piece of legislation similar to California's in that they were going to try to turn Virginia into a gas, no more gas-powered car type of state. Okay, so understand, if you're living in a no more gas cars in your state situation right now, you can't drive today. You're not supposed to be charging your car today. But better than that, even if you wanted to, you couldn't if there was a blackout. Imagine you're living in that world where you need to go to a hospital, you need to flee an adverse situation, but you can't charge the car. Like, really think of the practicality of this. Think of the insanity of this. That's why I say this is bigger than politics. Yes, it's a left-wing issue, and the right thinks it's kind of stupid because we're kidding ourselves that we think we can live without fossil fuels. 
but go beyond the politics of what your party wants to do and you just root for your party as hard as possible. Let's take the practicality into consideration. Here's Glenn Youngkin. He was on with Tucker Carlson last night. Uh, I'll be on with Tucker later in the week. Uh, you know, they called me up. They're like, Jimmy, you got to put this guy on the map. You know, you're doing your radio show. It's really happening. Tucker's struggling to get some name recognition. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm obviously being silly, but here is Glenn Youngkin talking to Tucker. Clip 37. Virginians elected me governor last year. They wanted to put a stop to an effort from the previous Democratic-led administration to turn Virginia into California. Well, little, little did they know that they had signed legislation and, and tied Virginia to decisions that are going to be made in California. So not only did they pick the, a state that has demonstrated it has no idea how to run itself, to tie itself to, but they abdicated their responsibility to serve Virginians. And so we find ourselves today with this ludicrous law that Virginia has to follow California's laws. And so we're going to go to work and stop this because Virginians should be making decision for Virginians. He is 100 percent right. There's no world where Virginia should just be following whatever California does. That's not right. But that's how the Democrats consolidate and execute a narrative. They get, you know, this was, you know, the previous state was run, but it was previously run by Ralph Northam who uh, is a guy you should never borrow a Halloween costume from. Uh, he was the dude famously linked uh, to being dressed as the Klan in his college yearbook. Do you remember that? It was a photo of a guy dressed as a Klansman and a guy in blackface. And Ralph Northam initially said, well, I apologize, that's me in the Klan outfit. The next day, turned around and said, ho, 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 I take it back. That might not have been me. So far as I know, I could have been the guy in the blackface, so let's not jump to conclusions like, hello, there's no version of costume that's acceptable in that moment. You know, unless, of course, you vote Democrat, because again and again and again, they're not actually concerned about racism. They're concerned about using racism to get their way. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. And it's no different when it comes to climate change. They're sitting there telling you, we've got to save the planet, and if you don't agree with our policies... You're destroying the planet. Now, do me a favor. Turn down the thermostat. I've got a flight to catch on my private jet. This is total crap. It's the rock band that's being forced on the public. Joe Biden presents The Electric Cars. Charge all night. Drive all day. The government won't let you have a say. Charge it up. Charge it up. An album that will leave you feeling totally plugged in. She won't start again. And I have to call the Tesla guy. Uh, I'm gonna she won't start again. The electric cars. Sure, they're way too expensive. But pretending to save the world is never cheap. Can't go Anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with Daniel Turner about California's energy shortage, but Charles is on the line in Clarksville, Tennessee. He has an entirely different gripe altogether. Uh, we're airing the grievances in this hour. Take it away, Charles. How are you, buddy? 
thanks, man. Hey, Jimmy, have you seen that new commercial for Fox and Friends? <laughs> I saw this with Bill and Dana yesterday. We were on the set of America's Newsroom when it aired. Why? What, what, what with the commercial? Yeah, uh, quick question. Why aren't you the guy in the cab? <laughs> I want to give you credit for this, okay? Because I know what you're talking about. If people haven't seen it, Fox and Friends has this really cool commercial. It started airing this week where it's like, you know, Brian and Steve Ducey, you know, uh, Ainsley Earhart, and of course, Lawrence Jones is involved, and they're kind of like putting the show together, interacting with the public. And you're talking about the cab driver that pulls up and is like, hey, I know you guys. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but I, you're not cab. I, Charles, I honestly just don't think they trusted my driving that close to the talent. I think they were afraid I was going to take out Kilmeade or something like that. Uh, but, but, but truth be told, there's two things in play. One, I actually don't do Fox and Friends. I do Fox and Friends first, but I've never actually done the Fox and Friends show. So I'm not technically part of the cast, but I appreciate you fighting for me because I, I, now that you say it, I feel like at the very least my agent should have made a phone call. No? Oh, so it's the agent. I get it. Got it. Yeah, I think I should be sending the 10% to you from now on. <laughs> That wouldn't hurt. <laughs> the problem is they're expanding the IRS like someone threw water on a gremlin. So if I send you that 10%, you're getting audited by, like, next Tuesday. Yeah. Well, it's probably, like, now. <laughs> <laughs> They've already heard the conversation. They're rooting through your stuff as we speak. No, Charles, I appreciate you looking out for a guy. But I do. I like that commercial. Maybe in time. Because the Fox and Friends audience, they don't know me or my, like, cab driving story so much as the rest of the channel does. So in time, maybe with any luck this time next year, I'm allowed to drive a cab. Because that's the only way anyone's letting me behind the wheel of a cab again. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's nothing nothing to do with my career taking off. It has more to do with my driving record. But I just want to be upfront about the fact that I never got in a car accident I was awake for. Yeah. Well, that explains why you're not on Fox and Friends. <laughs> you get it, see? It's all come full circle. Charles, great call, man. Enjoy the rest of the day in Tennessee. There he goes. Charles, guy really should be my agent. Charles is watching Fox going like, yeah, there should be Jimmy. You know, back at the ranch, my agents have their mouth around a Heineken tap, just spending that TV money. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This next guest joining us from his air-conditioned home because he doesn't live in California. Uh, founder and executive director of Power of the Future. Daniel Turner's got the thermostat on 66. Hey, man. Jimmy, always a pleasure to be on with you. Do you have, uh, can you confirm that you're still allowed to use electricity in your location? So far in Virginia, yeah. They haven't really sent us any ordinances. Uh, today's a lovely day, and so actually AC is off and all the windows are thrown open and I'm enjoying the breeze. Um, but it's nice to know if I changed my mind. There would be electricity. Californians don't have that. Not long ago, actually, when I was just waiting to come on, I saw some anchor from the ABC affiliate in Los Angeles tweet, um, we've officially lost power. Oh so goodness. good job, Gavin Newsom, right? Like, <laughs> Jimmy, if you're running for governor, what the hell else could you possibly run on if you don't produce enough power 
for your constituents, you know, like equity and yeah. diversity. It's like, how about power? Yay. Yeah. It's well, not as sexy, but it's a little more important. Well, the next thing we're going to get is we're going to get a, a think piece about how power outages are disproportionately affecting trans people or minority communities. And they need to fund some type of group to get power equity and away we go. But there'll be no accountability. But this is the part I want to make clear. OK, what we're talking about in this transition, OK, is a lot of what we're witnessing in California right now, which are power outages and lifestyle adjustments for the little people. I don't necessarily expect the big people to be adversely affected by this. Do you No, And actually, I've called many times now and I'll do it again for whistleblowers who work in the governor's mansion, the governor's executive office. Gavin Newsom is from a very prominent and powerful and wealthy family. He owns vineyards, multiple homes. Does, does, does somewhere, does a maid, does a chauffeur, does a cook want to take a picture of the thermostat? Because I will bet my bottom dollar it is not higher than 78 degrees in his house. And proof of that is that when we all had to stay indoors because COVID was going to kill us, the dude went to dinner and flaunted it. And when he took pictures, he gave that obnoxious press uh, yeah. briefing where he smirked and smiled like Patrick Bateman from, from American Psycho. And he said that, ah, you know, we all make mistakes. So if he can avoid COVID lockdowns, of course he can avoid energy lockdowns. He's the governor. Yeah, yeah, it's not. The, the, it's definitely for the little people. We're talking to Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, the conversation uh, revolving around California's blackouts. When I hear don't charge large appliances, that sounds an awful lot like electric cars. <laughs> That's the first one to go. Yeah. Your electric car uses around four times more electricity than your, uh, your compressors for your air conditioner. And anyone who has central air knows, especially in the area where you live, mm -hmm. you know, at that month when you turn them on for the first time, mm -hmm. you see it in your electric bill, right? Yep. Your electric bill could be like $40 a month. And mm -hmm. then that month that you put on the AC, yep. it's $90 a month. Well, good luck when you have an electric car. Yo, man, I know that's crazy. And it's something nobody's talking about. But, you know. There's so many things in play here, and th this, me and you have this conversation a bunch, Daniel Turner. It goes beyond climate to just pure stupidity in that anyone thinks we can run a population of this size without fossil fuels. I mean, ultimately doing so, and I'd, we're not like fear-mongering, people will die. If you actually, if you actually off-boarded the energy grid the way we're talking about doing so, no? Absolutely. Uh, just paint this picture. Uh, you have an electric vehicle because it's the only one you're allowed to have in the state of California. The state of California sends out a warning saying you're not allowed to charge your electric vehicle this night. You were at work all day. But you do whatever you did. You go home. You can't charge your vehicle. At 2 in the morning, your kid's sick. Your kid's, your kid's choking to your kid, Your mom, your grandmother, whatever. All right, I guess you call 911, but you want to go to the doctor? Good luck. What if the baby has a terrible fever and your wife says, Jimmy, you got to run to CVS to get, or you got to run to the pharmacy? I can't. My car's dead. Right now I'm knocking on my neighbor's doors for cars. I mean, one of the problems with the electric vehicle is that you are dependent upon the government for power. Mm -hmm. One of the benefits of the combustion engine is that you're dependent upon the private sector for power. And even though gas is sometimes high, and Lord knows I fought to try to bring down those prices, mm -hmm. we never ran out of it. No, right. We only run out of it when the government gets involved, but they are running out of power in California, not because they don't have enough of it, 
because of politics, because of stupid politicians like Gavin Newsom and little communists like John Kerry and Gina McCarthy on the national level who see death and destruction as a necessary uh, consequence of their agenda. Well, I think that's the other part that's so scary is like the ends justify the means and all of that stuff. They don't care if people's lives are upended or people die because they think their side is so righteous and just that in the long run, you know, it offsets the collateral damage. Because isn't that really how, you know, rich people that are climate activists justify flying private is they say, yeah, my emissions are ridiculous, but I'm spreading this gospel that's going to do more good than my emissions do bad. Is that the rationalization? Uh, You're absolutely right. That's what John Kerry said when he was stopped outside of the Reykjavik airport. He was going there to receive a climate award, and the, the reporter asked him, well, you know, how he could receive this award and fly a private jet to Reykjavik. And he said, well, you know, in his haughty voice, John Kerry voice, he said, you know, for someone like me, it's the only option. A, that's a lie. For someone like him, it's the preferred option. Yeah. But it's not the only option. This was pre-COVID. There were 19 commercial flights from America that day to Reykjavik. Yeah. It wasn't the only option. It was the preferred option. And he said, but, you know, when you carbon offset it, it doesn't matter. Well, how come I can't carbon offset, Jimmy? How come Fox can't carbon offset? Mm-hmm. How come the American economy can't carbon offset? If John Kerry says, I can fly a private jet because I planted two trees, okay, well, then I want to plant four trees, and I want all the fossil fuels I can find. But it doesn't work like that for us, does no, it? No, it doesn't seem like we've been dealt in on that hand, uh, Daniel Turner. <laughs> I don't know why. I defend Kerry because uh, if he does fly commercial, everyone thinks he's the horse from Mr. Ed, and then that's hard. They want oh, autographs. It is. You know. It is. You know, and I don't begrudge him his his wife's dead husband's catch-up plane. You know, everyone should marry a rich, wealthy widow, and and life would be great. But what I begrudge him is the fact that he wants to use, you know, her his wife's dead husband's money and power to prevent you and I from achieving, achieving the same sort of comfort and largesse that he takes for granted. The, the phrase that's is, what I hate about him. The phrase, though, it's wife's dead husband's catch-up plane. <laughs> got me, man. You got me. I can hold it together through just about anything. Uh, let me pivot. That was just, It's great. I just I need to acknowledge the, the quality terminology there, Daniel Turner. But let me Thank pivot. I'm just, that's Go. just a warning, Jimmy, for, for, for Warren Buffett's wife, that if she's hanging around when he passes, I'll be knocking on the door saying, hey, Mrs. Buffett, how are you? <laughs> so, find yourself a rich widow. That's the moral of today's story. Yeah, where's the, so, where, where's the Golden's <laughs> Mustard lady? Is she hooked up with anybody? What's going on here there's there's a lot of condiment money out there that we could be using to fly private is what you're telling me hi sarah hellman's it is nice to meet you (laughs) i am daniel turner (laughs) jimmy you're the best that's funny uh throw this at me really quick i want to pivot to pennsylvania okay fetterman uh, in one of the few sentences he's completed on the campaign trail does he want to ban fracking because my understanding is that six hundred thousand dollars six hundred thousand jobs in pennsylvania yeah, well, he, he has flip-flopped on it multiple times now. But if you look at what he said before he was a candidate for the, okay. for the Senate, he wants to ban it. But now he's saying that, look, I understand we're going to have to transition, and I understand uh, pitcher, glass, schnurz, uh, uh, you know, whatever the hell he babbles afterwards, right? Oh, but So he, he's trying to get away from the fact that he has a very clear record anti-fracking mm-hmm. um and if you live in western pa and i know you got an audience there 
you know someone, and even if it's not related to you, it's related to someone you know who works in that industry. And, and do you want them to, move, to, to leave their job? Do you want them to get fired? and pick up and move to West Texas like everyone else in the world is doing. Yep. So, yeah, Fetterman's a huge threat to the state. That's unbelievable, man, because it's really weird. Like uh, a lot of our politics, especially like these Senate races, they're being nationalized. You know, they're voting on like Biden Trump stuff instead yeah. of like local issues. Like I think the lesson from Glenn Youngkin in Virginia was you're really supposed to run on the local issues. But, you know, right now the Democratic strategy seems to run at a national level because they're positions on local issues seem to be terrible. It's a great observation, and that explains why, you know, uh, 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 Fuhrer Biden gave that speech the other night, right? I mean, because he can't run on the issues the American people are suffering, Uh so he has to trump up this whole, you know, MAGA Republicans and threats to democracy, and that's what every candidate is doing. Every candidate is running on the national level, and January 6th, and Mm -hmm. threats to democracy, and I stand with Ukraine, and you say, I can't find baby formula. (laughs) Uh, Threats to Ukraine and national emergency. So so the, the real issues that face Democrats at the polls this year are not very good for them. Yeah. So, yes, they would much rather talk about these grandiose things like Fetterman's trying to do. That's a great point. Well, I have this other, okay, I have a theory, though. When it comes to Biden's attack on MAGA, I have this theory that, and no one's considering this, he might just think it's the year 2020 and he's in an election against Trump. And, and when they heard him babble that out in one of their meetings, at first they were like, we should tell him. And then they were like, no, no, just let him go because this is a strategy. Do you think there's any chance he's out there just thinks he's running against Trump right now? I, I think that – you know what? I, I think that is as plausible as any other scenario I've heard. Um, <laughs> I think that makes absolutely perfect sense. Um, you know, the, the polling that came out of the speech once it was done was disastrous. Independents were two to one against it, and he's polling two to one uh, unfavorable amongst independents. Right. If you're running the Democrat Party and the Democrat 2020 and, and Biden's reelection campaign and you see that you are underwater by 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 60 uh, percent mm-hmm. in independence, you're petrified. So yeah. they have to come up with something to try to change that. But what can they come up with? Again, we still have a baby formula yeah. shortage. Yeah, um, so they have nothing to run on. No, it's it's fascinating. It's it, it really is fascinating. I'm, I've never seen it. Because it's so early in an administration, you know, the guy's not even two full gears in. And in sporting terms, we're in like garbage time. It's really wild. But, you know, like in garbage time when the team's up 50 and they just empty the bench, you know. And it's it's the first quarter. I know I'm a Giants fan. I know exactly how you feel. This could be the year, Daniel Turner. They could they could win the first game of the year. It never happens. This could be the year. Um, But your Biden commentary is what I mentioned at the beginning of our great segment here, Jimmy, about. Uh, Gavin Newsom, if you, this is what your job is, what are you running on, right? Joe Biden's job is to, you know, protect the American energy sector so we can power the economy. How has he done? It's to protect the border so we're not being inundated with drugs and prostitution and sex trafficking and human trafficking. Mm-hmm. How is he doing? If you're the governor of California, for good or for ill, you know, I wish I could have a nuclear power plant in my backyard. I would, but I can't. Mm-hmm. For good or for ill, it is the governor of California's job to provide power with the pe- for the people of California. Yeah. And that alone should not have him reelected. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, it's insane to watch it play out, Daniel Turner. By the way, speaking of things playing out, our Yankees, they won two in a row, but they're a mess right now. Yeah. 
No, we'll take yeah, the two wins, but the last 10, of, woo, it's been a little dicey up in the Bronx, my man. Do you think Aaron Judge is going to catch Roger Maris or what? I hope so. You know, I mean, because I like to at least it's a Yankee keeping that that record. Yeah, I definitely want to see Yankees keep Yankee records. That'd be nice. Okay, but yeah. and, but that's your way of telling me the Barry Bonds 812 home runs in a season doesn't count. No, it does not remotely count. Big asterisk, just like maybe this administration. Hey, there it is. Daniel Turner. Way to tie it up at the end. I like that. Nice play at the plate. Good job, man. We'll do Thank it again you, soon. Jimmy. Be well. It was a pleasure. You too, my man. There he goes. The great Daniel Turner. Uh, I do love talk and energy with Turner. He gets it. Uh, but what he comes back to again and again and again is failure of government to provide for its people. One of the reasons you're not supposed to be so dependent on the government, as Ronald Reagan said, I play it all the time. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. But again, and the reason I invoke that is the point he was making about Gavin Newsom is it's the government's responsibility to make sure you have power. It's not your responsibility. Like when government is saying, hey, California, we've got a special alert. You got to turn up the thermostat, turn off the air, don't charge your appliances. What he's saying is the government failed its obligation. That is correct. Okay, that's what happened here. But it's one of the reasons why you can't, you know, ban gas powered cars, gas powered cars mean that you are counting on the private sector to power your vehicle. Okay, electric cars mean you're, you know, you are counting, you are trusting the government. And what we're seeing right now on a small scale is the government can't power California. Okay, there's 300 million other people that are going to need a charge. And I'm just telling you, if we're all going to do this by the California standard of things, this could be a problem. It already is. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you missed today's interview with Bill Barr, he's in the studio for almost a half hour, uh, you can go to foxacrossamerica.com and get it. Uh, if you download the podcast version of this show, it'll be right there on your podcast in the first hour of the day. Uh, Barr is somebody who is, you know, it's a very provocative figure with our audience. A lot of you called in, oh, hell no! And they're mad at Barr. They think he could have done more to help Trump hold on to his, you know, presidential seat. Uh, There's a lot of resentment towards Barr, and a lot of that stems from Trump's characterizations of Barr. And it's always a fascinating uh, thing for me to have him on, someone who has, you know, flown that close to the sun uh, under multiple presidents and really knows how things work. My two key takeaways from talking to Barr today, and I think you should go back and hear this, is – Barr flat out admitted on the show, he's like, there's definitely a deep state. There's definitely a corrupt rot at the FBI that makes it hard to trust them. It's a real thing that goes on. When you talk about FBI leaks, they always hurt Republicans. They never hurt Democrats. He also went on to say 
that he doesn't think they should charge Trump for what went on at Mar-a-Lago for the good of the country. That doesn't mean Trump's not going to be charged. But the point is that who that's who Bill Barr is. He's a guy operating with the greater good of the country in mind as opposed to one political party. And I know that can piss a lot of people off. That's the way I do my show every day. And I wish it was the way everybody did their show. Because the thing about America is this is the inside joke of Fox Across America, as I say every damn day. If you live here, you have hit the lottery. We are so lucky comparative to the rest of the world. But one of the reasons the quality of life is going downhill and a lot of these far left bozos are able to enact policies like this green energy ridiculousness out in California is because there are enough people out there voting with their party, regardless of whether or not it's good for their country. They just want their party to get a win. And we have to stop looking at politics through that lens. We have to start looking at it through a lens of not Democrat or Republican, but right or wrong. That's why I'm always trying to get on the air and just chill everybody out. That's what I say every day. You know, whether you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, doesn't matter. Come on the show. Just be cool. And uh, one of the things I enjoy about Barr is whether you agree with him, you disagree with him. He's following the Constitution. He's telling you what he believes to be true. And uh, even if I disagreed with it, I can appreciate the fact that people have opinions differently than mine without wanting to cancel them and run them out of town. Unfortunately, that is not the M.O. in our politics these days. Uh, But I'd like it to be. So here I am interviewing people that might just piss you off from time to time, but doing so because America really does need to have a conversation and not one that ends with us getting chased out of the restaurant. Okay, just be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.